Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond. And today I have Brad Ball, VP of Sales and Marketing from Global Sim. Brad, it's really nice to have you. Thanks for having me, Brad. Appreciate the opportunity and good to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. Well, my background has been in sales and marketing going back for about 25 years. I started my career actually selling shoes back in the days of the Air Jordans and Reebok pumps and Ended up going to college, deciding I didn't want to sell shoes forever and ended up with an MBA eventually and decided to be an entrepreneur. So I did that for a few years and had some success and and then ended up joining Global Sim in 2014. So I've been with Global Sim for about seven years now. Nice. That's awesome. As far as Global Sim, I can give you a little background on the company. The company's been around for 28 years, started in 1993. And they specialize in simulation. And most people think of simulation or simulators, and they think of like a flight simulator, or maybe they owned a, the old Microsoft flight simulator. And, and our, our simulators are similar to like the enterprise level simulators that pilots train on, where you get in this, this platform, and it's usually on a motion base, and hmm. there's screens that are surrounding you. But instead of doing it for, for aircraft, we focus on heavy equipment and cranes. Cranes has kind of become our specialty. And we do some, hmm. in fact, we, we built the biggest crane simulator in the world about 10 years ago. And a lot of our, a lot of our clients are ports that have big port cranes that you might see like in Los Angeles or New York. So that's kind of our specialty. Wow, that's awesome. So yeah, those big like cranes that, that you pick up the shipping containers and all that stuff. That's, That's awesome. right. Those big, they're called ship to shore gantry cranes. And those cranes actually cost about 15 to $20 million each. Wow. And so you can imagine you don't want to send like a rookie or somebody you're training up in one of those <laughs> cranes. You want to train them on a simulator and get them well prepared before they actually get up there and are any sort of risk to themselves or risk to the equipment. And so simulators, obviously the choice for, for training on that type of equipment for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so tell me a bit about sales and marketing in this space. Sounds like you're selling to these ports. Would your customer maybe be like the port authority then, or what does that look like? And how do you go about selling to these, these customers? Very good question. And the answer is yes. Usually it's a port authority and oftentimes there's a training arm or a training organization that's kind of under the umbrella of a port authority. And usually that's who we're selling to. Now, in our case, we are a pretty small company just located in the Salt Lake City metropolitan area. Nice. But we sell, most of our clients are actually outside the United States. In fact, I don't even have a client in my home state. My closest client is in Oakland, California, 700 miles away. And uh, we, we support, we sell and support these simulators all across the world. 
And most of our clients are probably in Europe. We've got a lot on the eastern seaboard of the United States. We've got right now we, we're working on a deal um, in Greece. We've got one in the Philippines that we're just installing. And so it's, it's a unique situation. Generally speaking, from a sales standpoint, these deals are done largely in person. You know, it's one thing if you're selling software, you can do a lot on Zoom in the world that we're in. People want to experience, they want to see a simulator actually running before they spend sometimes up to half million dollars or more on a simulator. And so, as you can imagine, COVID's been kind of a, a tricky situation for totally. us. Yeah. So how do you how do you go about like selling one of these simulators? And does the Port Authority they're like, hey, we you know our our training needs needs a refresh, needs an update, and then they go out and kind of look for simulators. And is there some kind of a pilot or how does that whole process work in, in terms of actually like from from early relationship to getting the deal done? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's typically a long process. That buyer's journey will oftentimes last many months, sometimes even many years. And, uh, you know, a couple ways that we market ourselves. First of all, you have to be found by people that are looking for you, especially in a niche industry like we are in. You know, we have a obviously a, a web presence and we're on social media. But one of the keys is, you know, with with Google AdWords and our, our SEO presence, that's an important thing. And so when people are actually looking, they can find us. And the other element, which has also been difficult this year, is with, with trade shows. There's typically four or five different conferences or trade shows that we will participate in in any given year. Hmm. And, and so people get to know us there. Sometimes we'll even bring one of our simulators to a conference or a trade show. And, you know, oh, it's, yeah. a lot of times it's kind of the it's the hit. Right. It's the thing that yeah. people want to see and, and play on. Who, And so we'll do that. And, and we slowly over time, you know, build up a, a definite reputation. People know who we are within our you know niche industry. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really interesting because there's probably not too many ports in the world in, in perspective from a sales and marketing standpoint. So it's laser focused on on your audience. Sir. Very much so. And and a lot of travel too. my team, as well as our customer support team, we, we travel a lot. We're out there seeing our clients. And, you know, a lot of in-person face-to-face goes a long way in our, our line of work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're, what were you telling me? You've been to like dozens of different countries like within the last few years or something? <laughs> I, I, I think I, I've counted over 70. It might be closer to 80 wow. countries in the last five years. And so on a typical year, I think I had one I had one day, this was in 2019, obviously before the pandemic, where I had three meetings in four different countries in, in one day. And, and it was all Europe. And so it was, you know, quick flight here and a, a quick flight over there. But yeah, it, it can get pretty crazy in our line of work. And a lot of that is that, hey, if you're over someplace, if I'm in Southeast Asia, I want to hit three or four places while I'm there. And so... But nevertheless, it's definitely a, a job with a lot of travel. And it sounds exotic 
in reality, I tell people I see a lot of the inside of an airplane is, is what it is. Yes, <laughs> I'll occasionally get to go to the cool spot and I'll get to go up the Eiffel Tower or something. But mostly it's a lot of inside the plane that I'm seeing. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You see the airplane, you see maybe a few conference rooms and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so, so let's pivot to, to your experience as a sales and marketing professional and, and talk about some of your advice in terms of building relationships with customers, doing a, like a great job at marketing and sales and getting deals done and all that. What advice do you have for the audience in terms of building relationships with customers? Well, a, a few thoughts come to mind that I'll share. One of them is that and I think a lot of different companies face this, whether you're in selling, you know, a SaaS based product or or a high end capital equipment like like we're selling in sales, we're so focused on, hey, let's bring a deal to close. Let's fill the pipeline. And, and we have to do that. I mean, our companies live off of the revenue that we bring in. But then once we have a deal closed, you know, sometimes like in our case, there's a kickoff call and then it's like, hey, farewell. <laughs> when in reality, uh, yes, it's very important that I and my team that we continue to mine the sales opportunities. But I don't think you can completely forget about that client now that you've mm. spent sometimes a year or two with. And now that they're a client, you don't see them anymore. I, I think that we drop the ball too much. That doesn't mean that we have to completely transition and become a customer service rep, but I try to make an effort to at least continue that relationship with the client that I've been working with over the course of the last year or two, even though that their main point of contact might change and they're working with a project manager or a customer service representative. It's important, I think, in the sales world to continue that relationship, at least on some level. One thing that we do is we have a user conference and we do it usually every two years where we bring all of our clients together all throughout the world. We'll usually have a, a full conference room where, you know, there's 15, 20 different countries represented. And, and that's a fun time. And it's a great time to obviously catch up with people to collaborate efforts and to network and, and share ideas and I think, you know, something like that can go real, really a long way into help fostering relationships with your customers and, you know, kind of continuing that. And you don't want to be that, oh, that salesy guy who just disappeared the, the second the deal closed. And, and yet that's that's kind of a common thing I've seen in a lot of different businesses in my career. So, oh, yeah, totally. It's so easy to, to feel like, OK, the deal's done off to the next one. But. I, I completely yeah. agree. That's it's so important not to have that mindset and stay attached a little bit and continue to build the relationship. So, great advice. You know, one other thought comes to mind, Brad, and that is, and, and every organization is going to be a little different here, but I'm really close friends with the, with the vice president of operations and with the customer service director Mm. And they are often traveling with me on different on different trips. They're often working with me in a normal year on on different projects. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we can get too siloed and 
You know, you might know the guy's name, but, you know, you, you, just because your office is not next door to him, it, I would encourage and recommendation I would have for any organization is to make sure that the head of your departments are talking and that they're coordinating with each other. You know, like I say, I'm best friends with a couple guys that are on the customer service. And so the communication then can kind of run through. And if there's a problem in the customer service and there's been instances where I've jumped in and gotten back involved and it's kind of a yin and yang. And I think that's kind of an important element as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that close collaboration and all that. That's awesome. Well, Brad, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Do you have any last closing remarks, words of wisdom, anything you'd like the audience to hear before we run? Well, listen, I, I think it's it's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. And I'll just say it's been a difficult year for many of us in the sales and marketing space. And I, I think that the world is kind of forever changed with the pandemic. There's no question about it. I do think and hope, though, that we are going to get back to this new normal where that face-to-face interaction and meeting one-on-one with clients is still going to have some importance. And and we're kind of doubling down on that at Global Sim. Yes, we're doing the best we can with Zoom, but we're eagerly looking forward to a time where we can get out there and shake some hands, some sanitized hands, <laughs> but continue to foster those relationships because those relationships and educating our clients and doing it in a one-on-one space, as, as we look at ourselves as kind of the premium provider in our industry, and we believe that that's always going to be there. Having that interaction is so important to continuing relationships and, and success with our clients. And so that's kind of what I would leave with. At least there's somebody out there who has faith going forward that that tomorrow eventually is going to get back to this new normal, but where there is going to be some in-person meetings again. So, Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Brad, thanks so much for joining. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you, Brad. Pleasure to be on.